0: Jesus, I crave to know everyone thanks for tuning in this is episode number 39 Uh, tonight we are looking at uh, Luke chapter 12 as we make our way through the 24 chapters of Luke I want to thank you for tuning in if it's your first time I welcome you Uh, if you have uh, been returning to this podcast I appreciate your faithfulness and interest in what God is saying through me and me being given the opportunity to uh just propel his word and what's on his heart and what's on his mind so i just appreciate the opportunity Uh, so we'll go into luke chapter 12 and it reads meanwhile when a crowd of many thousands had gathered so that they were trampling on one another jesus began to speak first to his disciples saying be on your guard against the yeast of the pharisees which is hypocrisy There is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. What you have said in the dark will be heard in the daylight, and what you have whispered in the ear in the inner rooms will be proclaimed from the roofs. I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, and after that can do no more. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after your body has been killed, has authority to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? Yet not one of them is forgotten by God. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid. You're worth more than many sparrows. Uh, One thing that I've noticed in the past, and I think it's Profound and and wonderfully um, encouraging, is when when Jesus is telling us that the very hairs of our head are numbered. Um, that there's actually two realities inside of that. It's not only are they numbered, as in He knows the quantity of hairs on our head, but when they're numbered, that also means they're ordered. So one is number one hair two is number two hair so not only are does he know the quantity but he also the design is in place of the order so i think that's very encouraging for us in our lives and day-to-day frustrations and issues that we all face uh, in our unique perspectives and our unique unique places that um he he has it he has our lives so um intricately designed um, and I think that would be a great encouragement to each of us to remember verse 8 I tell you whoever publicly acknowledges me before others the son of man will also acknowledge before the angels of God but whoever disowns me before others will be disowned before the angels of God and everyone who speaks a word against the son of man will be forgiven But anyone who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. When you are brought before synagogues, rulers, and authorities, do not worry about how you will defend yourselves or what you will say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Um, I think this is interesting um, here because Jesus had an opportunity to, what we would probably say in the natural world to make a difference to to stand for a right or um, maybe just to to stand for stand for something. Um, he had an opportunity to get involved in this disagreement. Um, we might have seen this as an opportunity to to make peace or to judge rightly. But Jesus, he had no interest in that, um, but merely said to them, guard your heart against greed because life does not consist of an abundance of what you have. So I think we would do well to learn a lesson here um, that, that Jesus revealed to us is that um, get involved in what God has instructed you to get involved in and let matters that fall on the fringe, um, let those, let those just be, I think we overextend ourselves many times and we, we try to, uh, involve ourselves in things that, that aren't really, uh, designated for us to do. So we, we should be careful with that, um, and it says in verse 16 he told them this parable the ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest he thought to himself what shall i do i have no place to store my crops then he said this is what i'll do i will tear down my barns and build bigger ones and there i will store my surplus grain and i'll say to myself You have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. I think it's really easy for us to jump to conclusions in this portion and Jesus isn't condemning people storing um it doesn't it doesn't mean that having places to put things uh, i mean we see joseph during the famine he stored excess grain and that was part of god's plan no so Sometimes we read things and we want to immediately jump to conclusions to assume and when things seem straightforward and clear to us we we need to take more time to to really seek the mind of God to reveal to us by way of the Holy Spirit what what is being said here? What can we draw from this? what can we learn and And I don't believe that it's it's speaking against um, preparation and preparedness and things of that nature. And I think the clue is that second part of verse 21. It's for whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. And so this is a person who is, is trying to make their way and is absent from the things of God. We must, we must ensure that our relationship with God is rich, is, is full. And the physical matters of this life um, come second place to our full, the fullness of the relationship that we have with God. Verse 22 says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear, for life is more than food. Now, does not That's not telling us, to, you know. Don't uh, just walk around, um, walk around naked because you don't need clothes. Um, don't worry about eating because don't worry about it. It's the the thing that Jesus is saying is don't worry about it. Don't let the the unknown cause you to become unraveled. Don't let your fear or, or frustration or worry consume you <clears throat> because life is more than food or the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens, it says, verse 24. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than birds? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life. Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wildflowers grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon, in all of his splendor, was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? I think we need constant reminding of the importance of faith. Faith for healing, faith for provision. We need a constant daily reminder of how important faith is. Verse 29, and do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all such things. And your father knows that you need them. Seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. That is an important sentence to remind ourselves and to think on. Do not be afraid, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. It's powerful. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will never fail. Where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Be dressed, ready for service, and keep your lamps burning like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them wait, watching when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will dress himself to serve, will have them recline at the table and will come and wait on them. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the middle of the night or toward daybreak. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would have not let his house be broken into. You also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Peter asked, Lord, are you telling this parable to us or to everyone? The Lord answered, Who then is the faithful and wise manager whom the master puts in charge of his servants to give them their food allowance at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whom the master finds doing so when he returns. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions suppose the servant says to himself, my master is taking a long time in coming and then begins to beat the other servants, both men and women, and to eat and drink and get drunk. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and in an hour he is not aware of. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the unbelievers. The servant who knows the master's will and does not get ready or does not do what the master wants will be beaten with many blows but the one who does not know and does things deserving punishment will be beaten with few blows from everyone who has been given much much will be demanded and from the one who has been entrusted with much much more will be asked you see there there, there is a uh, reality buried in there and, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's what we say Too much is given, much is expected. Um, from everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. From the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. I think this is uh, Paul may, maybe says, or it could be Peter. He says, uh, you know, not many of you should be teachers. You know, to those who are entrusted with this, with particular responsibilities, they have an they have an obligation to um, hold a higher standard of account of accountability. Verse forty nine. I have come to bring fire on the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled! But I have a baptism to undergo. And what constraint I am under until it is completed. Do you think I came to bring peace on earth? No. I tell you, but division. From now on, there will be five in one family divided against each other. Three against two and two against three. They will be divided. Father against son. Son against father. Mother against daughter. Daughter against mother. mother Mother-in-law against daughter-in-law. Daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. He said to the crowd, when you see a cloud rising in the west, immediately you say, it's going to rain, and it does. And when the south wind blows, you say it's going to be hot, and it is. Hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky. How is it that you don't know how to interpret this present time? Why don't you judge for yourselves what is right? As you are going with your adversary to the magistrate, try hard to be reconciled on the way. Or your adversary may drag you off to the judge, and the judge turn you over to the officer, and the officer throw you into prison. I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. Well, this uh, concludes chapter 12 of Luke and this episode. So I want to thank you for uh, taking the time to follow along in this chapter of Luke as we make our way through. I appreciate the time and until next time God bless